Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I'm humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Hill, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting gospel that is liberating and empowering, and helping you out and impacting, doing and impacting the world around you. I probably need to change that. And I always, you're always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. And uh, we're live on Facebook. We're live on Blog Talk Radio. So uh, we want to invite you to join, share, uh, let people know that we're live. And uh, <clears throat> if you can't watch live, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. Uh, click on the link on my page there, and you can see and you can listen live also. And uh, get involved. So today, uh, happy uh, day number two of 2019. Um, uh, I'm glad to be alive. Um, I'm glad to be in this year. So listening to your prayers uh, in advance. Um, you know, my family is experiencing some some trying moments in this time. So when I leave, when I get off the air here, when I finish the broadcast, I'll be Heading home to Louisiana. Good morning, Tina. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. And um, being with my family and this this uh, this time. So list your prayers. So uh, it's 2019. I'm sure probably you, many of you, have already made your resolutions and whatnot. And y'all got to bear with me because I'm not used to doing this live thing. So I'm not sure how. Uh, look into the camera and I, I look good though. <laughs> Uh, so just trying to get used to this, uh, this format, what we're doing, but what we're trying to do is, uh, branch out a little bit more. Uh, um, uh, we've been working on creating a brand and, um, so we're trying to do all that we can do to make this work. And, um, it's something different and we appreciate all of you for, uh, for for supporting us in all that you do, and if you haven't, we want to give you opportunity to do so. You can go to you be a patron of myself and others, and you can be a patron. 
by going to patreon.com and and um Patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal. You can, you can uh, become a patron of the show. As little as a, a dollar uh, a month, you can you can support to help us expand what we're doing, both via radio and now to do this live stream. And many there opportunities. And um, if you pledge higher, there's other things, free tiers that you can get involved in. I'm trying not to move my hands this much. You know. Anyway, uh, so... Um, I wanted to talk about – I will be talking about uh, starting the year with confidence, 2019. But I, 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 before I start, I need to give a reflection of 2018, and I think I did. Uh, the last broadcast, we talked about the word justice as justice was the uh, most searched word for merriam Webster's. Webster's Dictionary, so we talked about justice and all the issues that uh, were acquainted and affiliated with that term, and um, I don't think I shared much personally. I didn't. I don't think I got a lot of time to share uh, much personally about how 2018 uh, was impactful for me. Of course, um, the, the most celebratory moment of 2018 for me was uh, graduating with my uh, Doctor of Education in uh, pastoral community counseling. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, invite your friends to tune in, and uh, we, we'll go. As, it's not going to be long. I probably won't even do a long show uh, like I usually do, but uh, <clears throat> we're going to do what we can as as the time we have. Uh, but as I said, the most celebratory moment of 2018 was, of course, graduating with a doctor. That was a very tense moment. Very, very stressful moment uh, that uh, leading up to that point of writing the dissertation and um, defending the dissertation, getting the dissertation published. Man, uh, and I've always fancied myself as an academic, not so much uh, as a pastor or a preacher. I, I'm, I'm the nerd, so I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm reading journal articles. I'm reading books on topics that I think are all associated with my ministry in pastoral ministry. And so, uh, you know, and I fancied myself as this academic who is publishing and, and I am doing that. I am doing that. You know, uh, academics don't, uh, academic theologians don't get as much attention as, you know, uh, the preachers, but you got to understand one thing that uh, a good preacher would be a good academic. Uh, a good preacher would always be studious and uh, will be, uh, be, I was taught and I've heard several other preachers say the same thing. You know, you want to be able to articulate what you learn in, you know, during your time of study. You know, uh, if you read voraciously, you read newspapers, well, <laughs> if they still have newspapers that you can read, no, but you read voraciously, you read newspapers, you read, you read fiction and nonfiction, and uh, uh, let me let me throw this out here. I did watch Bird Box. I wasn't too, <laughs> I was not too fascinated. This is very much off topic, but uh, I, during, of um, course, going into the uh, close of the year, there were a lot of people, a lot of memes about the uh, Bird Box uh, movie on Netflix, and I watched it, and and I wasn't, I wasn't too, 
I, I understood and I, I saw so much philosophically behind that movie and uh it, it was it was wonderful. I, I saw a lot of that I, I saw a lot. I also saw connections to other movies, um, like The Happening and um what's another one? I, I saw that I it kinda there were several movies that it kinda um I found unrelational to that. Uh but the means were preachers using this as a sermon, <laughs> you know, a sermon. The blinders and all that stuff, walking by faith and all. I, I saw so many. I was just hilarious, and I I shared a lot of times that you know I'm not gonna be preaching that, <laughs> at least not at the beginning of the year. But um, it's just interesting, you know, how uh, how we can incorporate things like that into our preaching. But from the academic standpoint, uh, most of the, most of the books that I read. Are you know I I want to read books that are that deal with textual analysis, critical um, uh, critical thinking, um, and things of that nature. Uh, I said all that to say you know me being fancying myself as an academic as much as a preacher, and uh, and I think I, I would strongly encourage those of you who are in ministry, especially the pre- the preaching ministry, and if you're in pastoral ministry. To broaden your horizon, and I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. I don't want to jump too deep into that, but to broaden your horizon so that you can have a more have more depth to your preaching and um, ministry. It's just my opinion. But anyway, so I graduated, um, but I saw during that time a lot. I think the biggest uh, the biggest challenge that I have is financially is probably. Everybody does, but you know, I found myself uh, last year in 2018 uh, with the biggest challenges financially. The Lord prospered. The Lord brought was able to aid me in paying school, paying for my last semester of school out of my pocket, paying for. <laughs> uh, I didn't share this uh, publicly, but as I was preparing to get my re- uh, dissertation edited. You know, I had done all the major edits and and I've been sending re sending it back and forth to my chair, and you know, was, you know, he was like, "Yeah, this is good. That's that." And I'm making corrections, but we still had to have a final editor, and I sent it out to my final edit for my final edit to the editor that was one of the editors that was recommended by the university. And, whew, that thing was almost seven hundred dollars just to edit. And mind you, I thought I had pretty good <laughs> editing skills, and so I went off and I was like, I, you know, I, I followed it to the T. I don't really need your editing. And she's like, yeah, you need this is what needs to be done. Long story short, uh, the person said, but because you're a pastor, you are a pastor, and I have respect for you in your position. I'm going to discount it. And I ended up only paying about $250 for $700 worth of work, editing work. And I, I was just like, man, hallelujah. <laughs> and that took off a big burden and eventually got published. And now I'm submitting it to a couple other journals for for public, uh, publication, peer-reviewed journals for publication. I have a couple other manuscripts that hopefully now, because I am... Um, Less distracted by the dissertation, I can get those manuscripts out and have them published. So be looking out for 
uh, at least one one publication, uh, one book coming out in 2019. I, I I have three in the works, but I hope to have at least one published. And um, maybe the Lord will give me strength and clarity of mind, and my Adderall will kick in long enough for me to <laughs> to get the rest of them done. But anyway, I digress. Um, so we want to appreciate you for that and uh, be looking out for that. That's what we're going to be trying to do the best we can. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? So I'll just leave it at that with the reflections of 2018. Um, I believe everybody everybody had significant challenges going into uh, coming out of 2017, going into 2018, and uh, going out of 2018 and 2019. And, and I'm looking forward to having a wonderful and successful 2019 as I am praying that you will have the same. Uh, but how do you begin the year confidently? Well, many of you say, well, I'm already pretty confident. That's that's a great thing. I'm glad that you're optimistic and not pessimistic about 2019 in the midst of what we're experiencing across the country. Uh, you know, already heard news reports of uh, you know, homicides for the first day of the year and a lot of other activities that have been going on across the country and around the world that have been negative, including the death of a uh, a young seven-year-old girl who was shot randomly, it appears, by a white man. Um, and, of course, a, a whole lot of other justice issues that we can talk about that's going into two now. It's rolling over from 2018 to 2019, and we must not let up on that. You know, uh, I, I was so proud of uh, 2018 to see how how uh, how much people were engaged in those issues of justice, from the children that have been separated from their families at the border and that were detained indefinitely. I, I was. I was great to see that. I was I was glad to see persons so passionate about this particular uh, issue, both on both sides of the aisle, across um, Christendom in America. I was glad to see that because it reminded everybody that we are humans, and at the best, we should show compassion to at least the children, widows, the orphans. That's what we ought to do. And, and in spite of how we feel about immigration and the policies that uh, contributed to this moment in integration, I mean immigration, uh, the thing that we must do is always try to be compassionate humans. So I, I was definitely glad to see that. I was also glad, and I hope that we continue in 2019 confidently. I don't like using this term woke. I, I like saying every morning when people ask how I'm doing, I say I'm awake, and, <laughs> and I say that I say that to say yes, I am alert, you know, physically. But I also that I'm awake to opportunities for the day. I'm awake to myself and what I am experiencing in the moment. And I'm also awake to the environment that's around me. And I've I've been learning to 
be more attentive and be more present. Uh, so, and I'm gonna talk about that as part of the spiritual disciplines that you can uh, that you can practice in 2019 to to uh, as you enter the year confidently. I think this is a big a big deal. You know, uh, I did not go to the gym this morning, but it was on my my. <laughs> It was on my mind and my agenda to go to the gym this morning. It doesn't mean I can't go. I just have to be not be lazy and not go. <laughs> I still have time. I still have plenty of time in the day to get to the gym, even though I did not make it this morning. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of confidence I need consistently. Um, but I, I want to present some some um, spiritual practices that I think will undergird confidence that you may have going into 2019 that will not be sporadic, that will help and empower you and liberate you and liberate those around you and empower those around you consistently, concisely throughout 2019. The challenge is to be consistent and concise with these with these practices. The thing about it is, like many of us, we make resolutions uh, many people make resolutions and don't follow through um, or follow through sporadically. So I, I want to present you with these spiritual disciplines that I believe, when done consistently and concisely, will be empowering for you. So the first thing, um, of course, always prayer. And uh, I know prayer works. Uh, I, I can testify plenty of times that I prayed, and I'm sure many of you in the audience can testify to the same thing. Praying and seeing God do what you have prayed for or hearing uh, the impression from the Lord, being impressed of, of the Lord that, yes, you can do something. You go forth with something or no wait or just hearing nothing, the silence of the Lord and the anticipation of what he may say and waiting for him to speak or impress upon you something. All of that is wonderful uh, prayer is a uh, two-way street. You know, it's not just saying something. Uh, so I've gotten into the habit of not just doing um, prayers of the moment. Those are wonderful. I, I uh, When people do uh, just prayers, uh, what's the word? I'm, extemporaneous prayers. Uh, and, of course, most of us practice that. I've gotten into the habit and not into the habit, but I began, uh, I have written down prayers and that I began to pray. And I've been following uh, in our book of discipline and our hymnal, we have written prayers. And I've integrated some of the written prayers into my personal prayer life. And I tell you, um, not only has it impacted the way I pray, but it's been it's impacted how I am experiencing the moment of prayer. Uh, many of us, I, I don't know about you, but I was always conditioned that, you know, that when you pray, you should feel something, and that's good. You should feel something when you pray. And and there have been times that I didn't feel anything. Prayers felt dry, and I didn't know how to respond to that. And uh, it, it was what it was. I got to take a break because I got somebody knocking on the door of the church, so I'm going to be right back.
I'm back. <laughs> uh, the joy of working in the office. Yeah, see, I I came back to work. <laughs> I came back to work. All y'all who take a day off, taking a week off preachers, you're trying to throw your sermon together on Saturday because you've been lazy all week. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, um, I had looked, so. So that's that's one of the persons who uh, does work for us here at the church. Anyway, oh come on now, y'all come back in, come back in, come back in. I'm sorry, come back in, come back in. All right. So um, what I was saying is before before I was really interrupted uh, is that I have learned that uh, that times when I was praying, it felt so dry and I wasn't sure uh, about what I was feeling and if I was feeling anything or things like that. Going to written prayers kind of reassured me that it's not so much the feelings as much as being in the moment of the prayer. Uh, we can disconnect our emotions at times, and I, I've been involved as both the person who is praying and the person who has been on the receptive end of prayer of uh, not feeling connected in the moment. And there have been churches I've been to where you can see the disconnect and people still force on, and uh, it, it doesn't seem to really uh, resonate with the person, and it doesn't seem to have any type of action following up with it. And I'm not talking about falling out of the floor or anything like that. I'm talking about the person is engaged in uh, approximating themselves as part of the prayer, you know, not just being prayed for, but being a part of the prayer the prayer process itself. So having a written prayer that you can pray consistently, you know, uh, regularly is, is one very effective spiritual discipline. And it could be something as simple as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you say the Lord's Prayer daily, uh, I had one time gotten into the habit of saying the Lord's Prayer in its original language, in the Aramaic language, and um, it was a Gnostic uh, 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 approach to to prayer and it it was kind of it was it was different but one thing is that i i was able to really connect with the words in a more in a more um in a way that was more fulfilling so it's as simple as you know if you make uh and there are plenty of prayers throughout scriptures that you can pray that you can read aloud and pray that won't you know, it won't make you feel disenfranchised. Um, you may want to look into purchasing a prayer book. There are a lot of prayers, uh, that prayer books that you can purchase. One that I have and um, recently purchased not long ago by Dr. Tony Evans is Praying the Names of God. Um, I have that here somewhere. It's, in, it's on one of these <laughs> shelves. And um, I, I've gone through that, not through the entire book, but I've gone through some of the prayers uh, that he has written in relation to the names of God that he has uh, he he uh, recorded, and so uh, just having that prayer, a uh, written prayer, is a, a wonderful thing uh, to to have. Uh, the other thing, spiritual discipline. So it, uh, let me let me summarize that. If you if you feel uncomfortable praying extemporaneous prayers, if you're not sure 
that your prayer is going through, if you're not sure that you're praying correctly, uh, having access to written prayers may be very beneficial to you. So you can, you, you know, you may want to do a Google search and that's, the, you know, you can do a Google search for written prayers that you can pray. You can purchase a book of prayers, um, uh, a book of prayers that they do exist. And if, you know, you can, you can get the Episcopalian book of prayer. You, you, you can go and find any kind of book of prayers. Now, be careful about some of them. You know, some uh, are a little more slanted than others. And, you know, you want to keep it basic. If you're just, you know, you just beginning this process, you want to keep it basic. Uh, but that's a recommendation for you. If you do not have a consistent prayer life until you are able to develop a, a prayer life where you can uh, pray extemporaneously, you know, you know, made up prayers, then uh, I would suggest that you find a good book of prayer or written prayers that you can pray daily. So that's the thing. The second spiritual discipline I think will enhance your uh, going in 2019 confidently, I would suggest that you take up the discipline of fasting. Uh, fasting is spiritual discipline, and uh, I, I, I could give you a number of scriptures on that, but I won't, won't give you the scriptures per se. Uh, I'm talking specifically about the principle of fasting. Um, now, if you have health challenges like myself, I'm type 1 diabetic. So I can't fast like I used to fast. I used to be able to do the 30, 21-day, 30-day, 40-day fast where all I would have was just juice, crackers, and water. Lord knows those were some days, but I was able to do that. Uh, now, um, because of health challenges, because of my health, I can't do a full-day fast. You know, uh, I have to have uh, – if, for example, if I'm going to do a liquid fast, then I, I'll refer to, you know, I, I have uh, shakes specifically for diabetics that I will drink as meal replacements. Um, and um, so I could be, you know, and also I try to talk with my doctor first. I hadn't always been successful with it. <laughs> there been a couple of times that I just did an impromptu uh, two or three day fast, and I was just trying to monitor my blood sugar and uh, make sure that it didn't get too low, you know. Um, but fasting as a principle is very powerful, and as a spiritual discipline, it is very empowering. Um, and that does include, you know, I know a lot of people practice a fast during the Lenten season, and that may be, be an all-inclusive fast or several things, but to put it into a spiritual practice or spiritual discipline, where you're fasting consistently, maybe fasting from a, new, a meal. For example, you may stop eating after 6 p.m. Uh, you may uh, you may want to practice a Shabbat fast, where uh, on Fridays you stop eating. Or, you know, you, you do something like that. You may you may eat from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and nothing afterwards, and then bring in the new day. Uh, and that's not a specific format or formula. I'm just, you know, just throwing that out. Uh, but what fasting does, both for your health and for your soul, is help relieve a whole lot of tension and stress and things of that nature. But it also helps you focus inwardly uh, for self-examination. And you are able to um, really, if it's convicting, <laughs> You're able to use that to help you cast your cares 
on the Lord. As Paul writes in Galatians, be able to cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Uh, so those are one thing that, uh, was that Paul right on that? Was, this, was that Peter? I think that was, I might quote it Y'all scholars, are, I was wrong. I don't know. I might have been wrong, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. If that's in Peter or Paul, I don't know. <laughs> Not at the moment. Um, so take up fasting. Um, I would suggest uh, and when I was younger up until uh, not too far, uh, Peter, thank you. Thank you, uh, Rosalind. It is in Peter. Uh, I would suggest that you, uh, when I was younger, I used to do the fast twice a week, and it was usually on Tuesday and Friday because uh, for some reason I just followed the, the Pentecostal model, the Church of God in Christ model. They, they had service on Tuesday and Friday, so they fasted on Tuesday and Friday, and that's when I would fast. And I, Some days when I was in high school in particular, you know, I wouldn't eat lunch because <laughs> I'd be fasting. <laughs> Lord, 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 those days, those days, man, I need to go back to those days, um, but at least once a week, you know, use the fast to, one, bring inward reflection, and to bring outward, uh, outward perfection and outward cleansing. Um, use the fast, not as a weapon. Uh, against someone else to say that you're fasting and, and doing this, but use the fast as a means again of, of reconnecting and reconciling yourself with your soul and with your Creator. Those are the great. Those are what the, a fast should be about. If you're a Christian, I was during the time of fasting. I would strongly encourage you uh, not just to um, you know you may have a uh, practice of reading daily Bible scriptures and that, that's fine. Uh, I would strongly encourage that if you have a particular scripture uh, that's your favorite, for example, Psalm 119 and 9, uh, how can a young man keep his way clean by doing things according to God's word? When I am in that mode, when I am practicing, that's my reflective scripture. So I'm fasting to make sure that I am uh, in accordance to the scripture that I am, uh, that have I have internalized. So and again, in relation to me is Psalm one nineteen and nine, and because I have internalized that when I am fasting, that is my reflective scripture, and I'm using that to say, okay, is this really my mean? Is this way of doing it today? Is this fast that I'm practicing today? Is it reflective of what I am trying to internalize in relation to to my relationship with God and others? So that's that's the I'm again I'm doing this hand thing now. Pop lock it, drop it. Anyway. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh so so fasting as a spiritual practice, as a spiritual discipline, will I believe will greatly enhance uh how you are uh if you are confident going into twenty nineteen, if you're expecting in twenty nineteen, that will greatly undergird that confidence. Um, now, I, I cannot suggest practices, even even though there are a plethora of practices, fasting practices you can do. Uh, I would suggest only that you do research and find something that is best for you, a best practice for you. Uh, as I stated before, because I'm a type 1 diabetic, um, I cannot do a full, full uh, 
you know, uh, do away with food fast because I have to, you know, I got to maintain my blood sugar and, and I got to make sure that I don't pass out. <laughs> so um, I, I, I try to drink, I got to get back in the habit of drinking a whole lot of water. And, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. Um, but if I'm going to do a fast, uh, I, I, I know my body. So I prepare what I'm going to have. And most times it's going to be a meal replacement drink shake. Uh, and because, you know, I also want, uh, the fast to correlate, to correlate with any physical activity. So I have to be aware that if I'm going to go to the gym and I want to fast, I have to be aware that I'm going to have to have some type of intake and uh, I have to, if it's food or if it's protein of something of that nature, uh, how is it going to be? What kind of food would I have that will not, um, break the fast? So, you know, you can find, again, you can do your research on that. And you want to integrate, as I stated before, if you're uh, uh, spiritual, if you're Christian, you want to integrate reading into that. You can do so, uh, scripture reading. And as I stated, I have a particular, I have a particular scripture that I uh, integrate that into my fasting process so that it is focused, it's uh it's confided, and I know uh, what I am fasting for. I have a, a reason why I'm fasting for. Ah, uh, what else? Um, one other um, uh, discipline, and I, I meant it. I mentioned prayer. Uh, I, I guess I should mention this also. Um, I practice. I practice mindfulness meditation, and. That man, I tell you, uh, that is probably the most beneficial thing that I have integrated into my life, personally and professionally. Just taking a few moments to be in the moment, in silence, and to uh, I practice it as a part of uh, a therapy that I uh, therapy therapy technique that I learned and integrated into my um, my counseling and therapy. And it's called acceptance commitment therapy. And what ACT does is helps helps the helps the person recognize the issues that they have, and allow the emotions that they're experiencing in that moment to be there without uh, trying to do away with them and without trying to uh, regulate them, trying to make them right. Just allow themselves to be in the moment, experience the feelings of that moment, whatever it may be, agitation, irritation, frustration, all, and any other, any other that, be in that moment. And then, but in the stillness of that moment, you allow it yourself to experience that. And in experiencing that, you come to a, a sense of tranquility. Uh, because while you're thinking, those negative thoughts, uh, those automated negative thoughts that are usually coming to your mind, you're able to recognize them, you're able to contain them so much so that uh, they don't they don't influence the rest of your thinking and your practice and your behaviors. And mindfulness meditation is a, a wonderful technique. So if you don't meditate, yes, sometimes you can sit Indian style. <laughs> sometimes you, you know, I, I've done that. Um, not not the all time. <laughs> no, uh, and the way I practice is in the mornings when I wake up, I have a chair 
It's in my bedroom. Nothing goes on that chair. No one sits on the chair except for me. It's in a particular spot. Uh, most times after, you know, sometimes I just roll out of the bed. Y'all know how we do. Just roll out of the bed. Um, every now and then I'll say a quick prayer. Thank you, Lord. Uh, but most times I will get out of the bed and I would just go sit on my chair with my feet firmly planted on the floor, my hands firmly planted on my legs, resting. And sometimes I'll sit down on the edge because I'm, a, you know, a, this will have force of habit as a musician and as a band director telling my students to sit feet first, you know, feet flat, upwards, you know. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it's part of my discipline that from my music background to do so. But I still practice that, and I would sit, just sit still. And in the moments of sitting still, sometimes it's just five minutes. Sometimes it's as much as 15 minutes. I, I don't think I've ever really ever gone longer than 15 minutes. Uh, there's, uh, there's a book that you can use. Oh, boy, what is the name of that book? Sheesh. Uh, I cannot think of the name of the book right now. And I have it in my collection. Uh, that goes that uh, I'm gonna I'm search for this for this book. Uh, uh, that will oh yeah okay uh, Jim Cabot Zinn uh, uh, his book Full Catastrophe Living. Um, it's the book that I have in uh, my library that I have uh, integrated that gives you a a process for practicing mindfulness. And again, it's a discipline. It, you can't just do it. It's a practice. You have to be consistent with it, consistent with it. Another book um, I know I have, um, uh, Mark Williams, I can't think of uh, Mark Williams. I think, it, yeah, Mark Williams, Finding Peace in a Frantic World. I, uh, it is a, uh, I think it's an uh, eight-week book. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I, but anyway, I have that book. Um, yeah, it's an eight-week study, and basically it teaches you how to begin the, pro- the practice of mindfulness. And uh, using that book, has again just reaffirmed and reestablished my practice of mindfulness and meditation, and that's a discipline that I would strongly encourage those of you who are looking. You're, you're excited about 2019, and you don't want to go out. You don't, you don't want to have the same practices and same behaviors as you had in 2018. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I know a lot of people make uh, a lot of resolutions, and to you know every year a lot of resolutions. The follow-through with those resolutions takes the discipline and practicing a lot of these things, especially uh, mindfulness, meditation, uh, practicing these consistently will undergird your effort to uh, complete the resolutions, the see-through, the follow-through with those resolutions that you made. And I believe, personally, I and this is just me, it helps with character development. Uh, the more I practice these things, the more I see your flaws in myself, I'm able to recognize them. And I tell you, uh, it's very difficult seeing these flaws and knowing that they're there and uh, attempting to 
are attempting to correct them. And I, I, I don't really want to use that word correct, but adapt uh, your behavior <laughs> after the reflection and mindfulness uh, and meditation of any kind. Uh, even if you meditate, as, as the scripture says, meditating on the word of God, if you do so in a deep, reflective manner, it does impact your behavior overall and your interactions both within inter-self and intra your inter and intra relationships. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of people don't utilize it to the fullest, but it's been working for me. And, uh, and again, I'm still just a novice at this particular practice. I've only been doing it for a few years. Um, but what I have in the moment that I have done, it, that I do do it. And again, I'm not as consistent as I would like. Uh, because uh, I have a very bad habit because I do have adult ADHD and it is very hard for me to stay on task. And while I'm practicing, that's why I do it early in the morning because my mind is not running, all, you know, a thousand miles a minute early in the morning. It's still sometimes I can wake up from a dream and I can use that, those moments where I'm just sitting in meditation and reflect upon the dream, and, which tra- segues into the next discipline I think is very beneficial and I need to do more of and that is journaling Uh, this spiritual discipline this discipline is probably the most beneficial research has shown it that those persons who who, uh, practice journaling diary and things that they uh, of that nature consistently research has shown that they behave better they interact better and they are a little bit more uh, stable emotionally. Now, uh, our spiritual component of that uh, in in would be what what some would call lectio divina, uh, and I I hope I said that right. But lectio divina is divine writing. Uh, so in this with this particular spiritual discipline, you're taking scripture and you're reflecting on that scripture and you're writing. Uh, you're, you're writing your reflections uh, as in a divine manner. So it's kind of like divine writing where your hand is guided and you're just writing. And and, and also it, it, it relates to, to uh, the scripture that you're reading. So, you know, you're reading divinely and then in return, in turn, you are writing divinely. Um, that's a practice that takes a lot of discipline and it's not ghost writing. <laughs> It is not ghost writing. I, I hear a lot of persons say uh, that they're just led by the Spirit to write, and, and that's good. I understand that. Every now and then, I, I just seconds. I can say I, I've done that. Uh, but in this discipline, you are you have something again. It can go back to uh, to the scripture reading, reflection, the things of that nature. But you're writing. And uh, there's a connection between the physical act of writing and the spiritual act of reflecting. There's a there's a connection to that. Uh, there's some empirical evidence that shows the benefits of that. So I uh, I would strongly encourage you to practice journaling. Uh, I have at least two journals, and I at one time they were separate because I had one for professional. And then I have one for personal, and every now and then there will be a crossover. Um, but again, 
I was not as disciplined as I would have liked in 2018. So uh, I don't remember when I stopped, <laughs> but uh, there are sporadic there are sporadic entries into uh, my journal from 2018. I started and I was consistent. I didn't. I've never written daily. Um, sometimes I I think every once in a while I've written daily. But I I have. I have journals that I had I can all the way back to 1995, 1998, 2000, and um, matter of fact, I wrote some of my favorite sermons during those times, and they I wrote them in my journal, um, and uh, I would preach them, of course, and I wouldn't take my journal; I'd just transcribe it from my journal into a, a sermon format that I could preach, but. Um, it's it's good because I can go back and reflect on things that I was experiencing in let's say 2000 when I was going through my divorce in 2004 I was doing a lot of writing and um, I I read the journal some of my journal entries from that particular year as I was experiencing some type of you know uh, romantic issues and I was able to find a pattern pattern in both thought and behavior. Uh, in, in my journal writing from from not just that year but over over a period of years that has helped me tremendously and in that area um so, so journaling is a great spiritual discipline that I believe will enhance uh the confidence that you're feeling now in two thousand and nineteen and will in, in empower you to engage yourself. A lot more. All of these disciplines that I'm mentioning, and there are plenty of others. There are plenty of others that you can integrate into your personal life and your professional life. But uh, all of these are are accessible. You can find. Uh, I'm sure you can find plenty of of, of videos demonstrating these uh, disciplines on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure I could give you a number of resources. Uh, that can help you if you're a reader. Now, if you're not a reader, stick to YouTube. If you are a reader and you prefer a more uh, intellectual approach to it, then yes, some I have. You know, you can contact me, inbox me, you can um, email me, and I have some resources, or I can provide you some resources that will aid you in these uh, in, in in this particular uh, uh, practices. So. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to wrap up. I didn't intend for it to be this long. I, I just was trying to share my reflections. I want to encourage you, uh, again, support me on Patreon. You can go to Lorenzo T. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and become a patron for as low as a dollar a month. You can support all that we do. Um, go to my website, LorenzoTNeal.com, and you can – I think we have updated it, but not. I'll write something updated pretty quickly. Um, if you need – I'm available for booking also. If you uh, would like to invite me to come to your uh, uh, to your church to an event that you're having, uh, if you need someone to speak towards uh, on various subjects, particularly uh, my areas of expertise uh, is in differentiation of self uh, in a family systems therapy. That's that's my expertise. So if you need some person, someone who has that expertise, and uh, you want to talk about family systems. Uh, uh, is we're and retained to ministry and retained to family therapy and counseling. Uh, hit me up for that. I, I, that's one of my areas of expertise. You want to talk about gun violence prevention? Uh, 
particularly survivors, uh, speaking to survivors of gun violence, uh, their families. Uh, you hit me up for that. That's one again one of the things I do. Of course, if you want me to preach, I always can. Hit me up to uh, come and preach. I'd be glad to accept your invitation to preach at your church your conference or anything like that. If you have a conference that you want me to present at, uh, again, uh, I have a plethora of topics that I can speak on, uh, present on. Uh, so you can just, again, hit me up on in my inbox. If you're on Facebook, uh, you email me, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com um, and um, provide me the information. I'd be glad to come and present at your conference because uh, I'm open for all of that. I am looking forward to all opportunities that will be afforded to me in 2018, uh, I, and I'm hoping the very best for you also as we go into this year. Remember, this year is uh, is a year of confidence. You should have confidence. And I'm not I'm not prophetically saying this is your year of confidence. No, <laughs> but I am presenting tools uh, as I stated before. The tools that I have presented in this broadcast uh, are for you. And if you are if you're hungry as I am to live a better life, to be a, a better person, to have a more engaging life with those around you, and to have a more fulfilling and rewarding life, then these are things that will help you in 2019. So, again, I want to thank you. So, um, uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're not on my page, uh, Zero Network, go to my page, like that page, uh, share that page with friends. And you can uh, follow me on all my social media. Um, so I invite you to do all of that. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, and I'll be looking forward to you again next week as God wills. I'll let your boy. <laughs>